Hi, everybody. Mel here. Just a quick interlude before our episode begins. If anyone has any sound processing issues, I want to give a heads up. My microphone was in the process of dying a very slow, painful death while we recorded this. I have since then upgraded. But because of that, there are some pops and some grittiness to my sound specifically. So if that doesn't sit well with you if it, if you have a physical reaction to weird sounds like that this is your heads up i definitely apologize but without further ado in that case enjoy the show my babushka once okay at passover this is funny she came because i i think i forgot to call her back about something and mm-hmm. this is in front of like my mom's the american side of my family but my dad's the russian grandparents were there and my grandma she comes up to me in front of everyone and goes why do you hate me and i was <laughs> like what oh my god the last drama time I called, I, the oh, drama the I, I called my grandma i hadn't called in a while and i, I haven't gotten a chance to see her since she moved to the home mm. and i called her and she went wow look who it is oh my god that's how she opened the phone call well 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 look what the cat dragged in truly like it's it, I, I just could picture her on a swiveling chair with a cat you had me at hell no Welcome to You Had Me in Hell No. I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. And this is our podcast where we watch romance movies and try to figure out why we love a genre that hates us so much. Oh boy. Yeah. We watch rom-coms, dramas, thrillers. If romance is a central element of the plot, we're going to watch it. Oh yeah. Um, This week, uh, we're watching a movie I had not seen before. This was Melanie's suggestion. And... I'm surprised I hadn't seen this because I like John Singleton. Um, and surprisingly, I did not remember anything about it. And I my memory was only slightly jogged when I watched it. <laughs> uh, our dear Tiffer is uh, out this week. He is in tech uh, for a show. So he's unable to let us know what he is osmosed uh, this week. but uh, Because he's, he's busy osmosing theater mm-hmm. he's osmosis jonesing something else and uh but he'll be back next week and it's all everything is good and that means that this week's episode is edited by yours truly baby mm-hmm. let the chaos reign except not no well maybe who's to say too soon to tell i feel like you're to say because you're gonna edit the pod i don't know <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. but uh we watched 1993's Poetic Justice. Uh, Starring Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur. Uh, mm-hmm. Maya Angelou has a cameo. Regina this, King. Regina King plays a great, great role in it. Honestly. Regina King is amazing. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, it was a bunch of really talented people when they were first starting out. Right. Yeah. And it, it's one of those movies that and it got very mixed reviews when it came out. I remember that. Um, yeah. I know Roger Ebert liked it a lot. Ro- yeah. Both Siskel so, and Ebert really liked it. Yeah. Because it's 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 not conventional cookie cutter romance, which is why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's about something different to the normal formulaic narrative Especially yeah. in 1993, um, it's a black cast. So the backdrop of the things that these people go through are things that you don't talk about in your everyday life, especially if you're not black. It's something that people don't even think about. Well, well it's we should be more specific in movies made at this time. Yes, because it's 1993 what, like, and we're coming out of the 80s Because people talk about this boom. in their regular life. People talk about this in their regular life all the time. Yeah, oh, of course. This isn't, it wasn't shown as much in mainstream American cinema. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like we're coming out of the rom-com boom of the 80s. 
um, and were going into the rom-com continuation in the 90s. And so not only that, but this is a very, I think, important snapshot into the time. And also, I really like that every character is multidimensional. Every character in this movie who, like, the main characters at least, they're going through something, they have personalities, they have things that they enjoy, they have things they don't enjoy. I liked that the women weren't one-dimensional. I really mm-hmm. like this movie. I did too. Well, this was John Singleton's follow-up. It was a second movie. Uh, it was after Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood was his first. Yeah. And he, to this date, was the youngest person nominated for Best Director uh, by the Academy. Um, he was 24. Wow. I didn't know he was that young. He was very young. And um, uh, so he was like 26, 27 when he did this one. Um, huh. Also wrote and direct, directed this. And um, I think why I like it is because I like it. I, it's a road trip movie, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't follow, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't follow that kind of conventional kind of romance or conventional kind of plot structure of like this and then this and then this. It's more like the journey that we take with these characters over the course of this. Uh, a day, really. Ro- really a day. It's like a day or two that we know these characters, but we are spending time with them and getting little glimpses into how they are just kind of every day or just how uh just being themselves mm-hmm. um there are definitely things in this movie that i don't know that i love but i i do like this movie i did like this movie i like uh like janet jackson is great janet jackson is great wonderful also like i can't get over how young I just kept thinking about how young everyone is in this, but also how young. Like, Tupac Shakur was only 25 when he was murdered. Yeah. I just, I keep, I was watching it, I just couldn't help but think how young he was. Like, how much he accomplished at a very young age and how much he would continue. Like, yeah. It's it's so sad. Just the way that he didn't get a chance to, like, we don't know what he would have done. Yeah. Like, who's to say what he would have would have gone on to do or say or create or what have you, or who, who he would have become by now? But like, the fact that we will never get to know is a real tragedy. Um, I agree, and I, it's it's always interesting when you watch films with like such pop icons who have died too soon, right? Like. I get kind of the same feeling with James Dean movies that I do whenever really? I see Tupac. Yeah, because I agree with you. It's incre- it is I think it's a true tragedy, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Tupac was murdered, James Dean died in an accident, different things. But yeah. it's even Marilyn Monroe, right? Like mm-hmm. these are sad things that and I think uh, we attach a lot of significance to celebrities and people who are in the public eye, people who are doing things, shaking groove and making moves, breaking barriers, because those people make us feel like we have a connection and a voice that they're using their voice to kind of uplift. And that's why I think it is so tragic, specifically that Tupac died, because I do think that his poetry because if you listen to his music it's it's beautiful it's poetry um and the fact that he was such a charismatic talented musician performer actor to just have his life stopped in an instant and then nothing ever again it's really really sad and it's really messed up yeah, so the movie's called Poetic Justice because it's about a woman named Justice who writes poetry. Poetry, yeah. And um, that part about it, I was like, oh boy. But, yeah. okay, so Janet Jackson plays Justice. Uh, the movie starts, she's in a drive-in uh, movie with her boyfriend. He is murdered in the drive-in with her. Like, he's in, murdered in, in front of her. In the car with her. In the car with her. Um, and it, he literally is, like, shot in the head in front of her. It's yes. so horrific. 
horrifying. And then sometime later, she's kind of just living her life. She she writes, she continues to write poetry. Like that's something he says like early when they're together. Um, she asks him like, "Do you love me? Why do you love me?" And he makes kind of a joke like, "Cause you're fine. Like you're hot." She's like, "Okay, whatever." And then when, but before he, uh. Like she's like, okay, fine, whatever, go get me some food. Before he leaves to go get the concessions, he's like, no, I love you because when I was in jail, you wrote me all those poems. And that was, like, it's just really sweet. Um, it is so sweet. Uh, so she continues to write poems, and Maya Angelou wrote all the poems in this movie. All of them And they're beautiful. I, oh, they're I, beautiful. And they're all spoken, too. By Janet. Which I think and is Janet important. Does a good to, job. Of course, but I think it's also an important thing to point out because I think Maya Angelou does a lot of her poetry uh, or published a lot of it in written form. Obviously, she performed some of it, but mm-hmm. like if you ever get a book of her poetry, it's something that you read. And I thought it was a nice change to actually hear and experience the words. Yeah, it's yeah, it is nice because poetry a lot of times is something that kind of is meant to be heard and a lot of like you mm-hmm. can get as much reading it from hearing it but it's something particularly i do feel like these poems in particular like hearing them is like oh, that's nice uh anyway mm-hmm. she works at a hair salon um tupac is this guy named lucky he comes in he's a mailman he like kind of flirts with her she plays this sort of mean prank on him um because she's not into him and then uh his friend at uh, his fellow male his workplace friend. proximity associate. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Chicago is like, hey, they have to go on a run from L.A. to Oakland to drop off a bunch of mail and to, like, exchange some packages, I think. Right? Yeah, it's like a six or seven hour drive. It's a drive. It is a drive. Um, and Chicago is like, I'll call some. We'll bring some girls, basically. So Chicago call his, calls his girlfriend, uh, Isha, played by. Regina King, Academy Award winner. Regina King. Regina King. Um, and he's like, bring a girl, like, for my friend. And so she brings Janet. And they do not like each other. Okay, something, you know, I, that was a little, like, okay, about this movie. So much of this movie is just people fighting. Yeah. People yelling at each other. It's, like, Tupac screaming at people. Janet yelling at people but also it's i also had i'm hesitant to say that because like that also is like movies just people yelling at each other all the time (laughs) but like that's just movies that's also rom-coms but like it was there were several scenes where i was like everyone is fighting but um well i think this whole this the the love story and the friendship that grows between lucky mm -hmm. and justice they're surrounded by tons of violence yeah like uh uh lucky i don't love the way they were talking about uh the mother of their children because at one point he runs into a character played by tone loke and they share uh they both have children by the same woman and uh lucky finds out that this woman is uh, i believe still using drugs and he takes his daughter out of there and well he takes his daughter because he finds her using drugs and having sex with her drug dealer in the other room while the children are in the apartment which is a bummer and it's really sad the saddest part about that scene though is that the other little boy who is not his child says i want to go too yeah that's all we hear from that little boy that's all we hear from that little boy heartbreaking Anyway, he takes him to his mother's house. Well, his house, but where he lives with his mother, played by Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Oof. Jennifer what a Lewis great cameo. Is incredible. Jennifer Lewis has played everyone's mom. And a lot of times, though, she plays the mother of someone where you're like, they're the same age. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she played Whitney Houston's mom. I'm like, she's this, isn't she the same age as Whitney Houston? She played Angela Bassett's mom. That, that's that famous story of how she auditioned to play Tina Turner. And they were like, we're giving it to Angela Bassett. Do you want to play the mom? And she was like, fuck it. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Also, um, side note, I love what? that Shangela Sorry. lives in her pool house and that they're like roommates. 
What she, yeah, Shangela was uh, her assistant for years. I know. I love it. I, I Shangela may have her own place though. Now she may no longer live. Well, I mean, now that she's got like you know Lady Gaga Oscars money, probably. But the Maybe. fact that the fact that yeah. she and Jennifer Lewis were roommates for the longest time, I think, is very sweet. I think it's very sweet. I love that Shangela was just Jennifer Lewis's assistant. You know, she only calls him motherfucker. Yeah, I did. I I love it. I heard that on Nicole. I love that. Anyway, um, that's uh, like what I call my so cat. Great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Back into the plot. They go on this very long road trip, and uh, from L.A. to Oakland, they stop at a barbecue. Uh, this was honestly maybe my favorite scene because I love stuff like this. I I I love like road trip movies like this essentially like because and by road trip i mean like not necessarily like oh we're driving a car like it could be it could even like technically lord of the rings is a road trip movie Lonesome how Dad dare you uh, <laughs> i'm kidding it's a fucking road trip it's not lord a of the road rings trip. is a road trip lord of the they, rings is a fucking road trip they walked slash ran that's guess not where a road on trip. a road on no a road. no fucking way you need a car or at least horses the whole time for it to be I a road disagree. trip, and it is not a road trip, and I will fight you to the death on okay. this. Someone call Sean William Scott because that's a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> but I like things like where you get little bits that's like like I love the scene where they there's a barbecue. They smell a barbecue from the road and they go to the barbecue and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to say that we're there for these people. Because it's a huge family reunion yeah. and they're and they're welcomed in. It's very sweet. It's fun. Yeah. And then things are kind of uh, the fun has uh, an end because Regina yeah. King's character, Isha, has an alcohol problem yeah. and she drinks too much and starts openly flirting with another man in front of Chicago and they get into a fight and then Chicago gets into a fight with the guy and Lucky yeah. has to kind of separate them and then they leave the barbecue. Yeah. And uh, at that barbecue, by the way, is Maya Angelou. Yeah, she's got a cameo. Just giving uh, a sort of speech about what is wrong with young people today and I'm like, part of me is anytime it's like you know the problem with young people i'm like what sorry i just i don't i don't love things yeah. where it's like youth the youth are bad i'm like we've been saying this for how long how well, long have every we been every I'm, older I'm, generation whatever. says that well they continue the um the drive and kind of as regina king as isha and chicago's um relationship sort of deteriorates deteriorates mm -hmm. uh, uh lucky and justice become closer and they kind of they bond over the fact uh you know they bond over writing they bond over um honestly they bond over just like basic empathy like they just yeah. show general interest in each other yeah instead of um, being judgmental and picking on each other and fighting with each other they take a second these are two stubborn people yeah they're both stubborn but you know mm -hmm. justice has her poetry and also you know is dealing with some pretty serious trauma that i think yeah which i thought was a a very which i thought it was an interesting move that the whole film Part of the reason that she doesn't, that's the whole thing. She doesn't date. She doesn't deal with guys no. because she was in love with her first boyfriend who was murdered in front of her. And yeah. nobody addresses, nobody gives her any kind of empathy for that trauma. Yeah. That whatsoever. Everyone's I, like, I just get over it. Men are disposable, which is like men ain't shit. But also that's it, not I, how you deal yeah, uh, healthily with trauma. Yeah, I wrote down everyone is being too casual about the fact that her boyfriend boyfriend was murdered in front of her because they kind of talk about it as if like, oh, your relationship just ended. And it's like, 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 oh, your real problem is that you don't have a boyfriend. And it's like, I think that is not the problem. The problem is not like, oh, she doesn't have a boyfriend. The problem is that her boyfriend was murdered in front of her. Shot in the um, face, point blank, sitting next to her in the car. Yeah. 
Um, um, also, though, further on that point, Allie, I, when the first time I thought, well, this is coming back to me now because the first time I watched this movie, I was in grad school and I was TAing um, a hip hop cinema course for the Africana Studies Department because they needed extra TAs. And uh, if you go to the University of Arizona and you have the chance to take uh, hip hop cinema with Tani Sanchez, definitely do it. Very fun class. Um, but one of the things that we talked about in my discussion group that I led with the students was that the backdrop of this whole thing, right? Everyone is so casual about yeah. trauma and violence because that's the world they live in. They go from South yeah. Central LA to Oakland, two cities that are, you know, notoriously riddled with gang violence and drugs and police brutality, I police mean, brutality, during, oppression to black movie, people. And it's just I such mean, a normal oh, thing for them. No, but you're right. I think probably what you're going to say, like, it's so normalized movie, that this is happening. their life. Yes, it, exactly. Throughout the movie, there are several scenes of similar events happening kind of just in the background. Yeah. Um, and it's heartbreaking and it's really sad. And, and it's, uh, but so it, it would make sense that like in order to try to like, live a life to continue to derive some joy they would try to move forward as much as they can or move i, I guess move forward is what i'm trying to i don't know um yeah but it's it, like, it is it's... a little like when they were like you need to get a boyfriend i was like something i wrote i realize i miss in film and television scores saxophones I miss horn sections. Yeah. in cinema scores, I miss it. They, I hear they were in this. Every movie, time like, something happened, so the saxophone good. was like wow, 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 wow. And I thought, good. I thought we. This is a this. We don't use this anymore. I, I mean, love no, it. It reminded me a lot of Lethal Weapon, though, because Lethal Weapon is all saxophone. I okay. Who are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So sorry. Was Roscoe offended by Lethal Weapon? I'm sorry, Roscoe. As I am. Yeah, I'm, I miss saxophone and scores on TV and and movies. Um, I love a horn section, and I missed I missed it. It's um, definitely a mood. I. Yeah, but there's a lot of sad stuff. This movie is very. There's lots of very sad uh, things in this movie. And um, and that, but that's almost that's like the reality that these people live in too i think you were saying that a little bit earlier you touched on it like in order to derive any kind of joy or live their life they just have to put these really horrific forms of oppression just in the background of their normal day-to-day -day life yeah just to do anything yeah just to move forward like yeah um like uh, yeah um like regina king's character is hit yeah Pretty she has I, in the face I, Isha and boyfriend. Chicago. Yeah, they have a fight. And like, it's you know, she really wasn't being, awful. No, she was being, I think, kind of cruel to him. That doesn't justify yeah. her getting hit in no. the face, though. But she like the she was straight up nasty. Yeah, but also don't hit people. Agreed. Um, Both of them, and, I think, were not not doing a great job. Yeah. And they leave him. And then um I thought it was good that they left him, though. Yes, I thought that was good. I was like, good. Um, uh, I honestly, there there were lots of, like, okay, a line that I couldn't get over in this movie. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I hope it it's the same the line. End. Okay. Oh, what what line? It was towards the end. Okay. Um, Where there are women waiting in the sort of waiting chairs, waiting area of the salon. And two women are talking about this other woman. And they're like, why is she even in here? She's such a slut. But they're saying it in like, I don't know. It's one of those where they're saying just loud enough so that this woman can hear that they're talking about her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what is your problem? And they're like, you need to stay away from James. And she says, okay, but just, I I'm going to butcher it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I know what line you're talking about. Yeah. When you kiss him and... You <laughs> yeah she says just remember every time you kiss him you're tasting my pussy boom i was like that's incredible red for <laughs> fucking filth i i was i i loved it I, but that same actress there were lots of like uh something i liked was that john singleton was using like 
actors that he had worked with before and would work with later. Mm-hmm. Like the um, woman who plays, uh, who's Justice's boss? I, what was her name? Jesse. 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 Jesse was um, Ricky's mom in Boys in the Hood. And the girl that oh, says yeah. that great line that we, why do I say Boys in the Hood like that? <laughs> Boys in the Hood. Boys in the hood. Okay. Weirdo. Well, the, yeah, the yeah. emphasis should be on hood, not boys, right? Boys in the yeah. hood, not boys, boys in, in the hood. hood. Boys in the hood. Okay. <laughs> no, I said it like that because Tyra Banks said it like that once on the Tyra show. Tyra. She is fully Tyra Banks. Well, look, she has given us a lot of incredibly watchable, insane moments in television. But she also would inflict absolute i mean her reckoning unfortunately i think it might be coming because i don't want to say reckoning but like i mean i i feel like i said this some years ago but like america's next top model was just tyra banks unleashing psychological warfare on 19 year old girls oh my god even like forget all of the like fat shaming and manipulation and stuff like that it's it's a hard show to watch if you go back and you watch the first few seasons of top model that shit is rough it's rough also lots of um challenges where they were like we're gonna dress you we're gonna paint you like a different race and that's gonna be those ones always made me so uncomfortable as a kid let's go back to the movie yeah back to the movie um something i like about this movie we should probably get into like performances and stuff i mean we kind of have but like i i do think that janet jackson and tupac have chemistry i think they work well together I agree. And Part of it is also just that these are two, I think, as you said, like very charismatic people. These are people who are kind of born to. I don't want to. I don't want to reduce it to like just entertaining because like, they're more than that. It's like, but like these are two. Janet Jackson is one of the most talented people in American history. Like, yeah. Maybe that's being, I feel like I'm being hyperbolic. But no, I don't like, think that's hyperbolic. Think about what she has done. Like, okay, purely how she has influenced pop music in her career. And like, I'll, I'll, no one is doing it like Janet. No. Think about what she, like, the from the way her, from the way her voice, like, I feel like I sound like a dummy. Because I'm not articulating it well. I feel I worry that I'm not articulating this in a way that like actually pays tribute to this woman. But like the way she I'm having like a panic attack all of a sudden. It's okay. Yeah. I think the, I think the I'm work picking she up what puts you're into it. Down, okay. Though. Like the influence from how the music sounds to like dance moves. Like I think Britney Spears has said, like a lot of people say that I'm copying Madonna. No, I was always trying to be Janet. Because the way Janet was able to, like, hold your attention on stage, but that's kind of, like, almost unparalleled. Like, if you watch her perf- any Janet Jackson performance, you're oh, like, yeah. oh, this is someone who knows what's... This is, not- this is not someone who's like, I don't know what I'm doing up here. I'm just going to wing it. Like, no, no, no. She's a professional. <laughs> she's, a, she's a an excellent. She's talented. She's charismatic. She is experienced. Like yeah. remember, she's a Jackson. So Jackson. by the time she makes this movie in 1993, she's been in show business pretty much her whole life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she knows what's up. Um, she knows what's up. She's- and oh, also, can I just say, Tupac what? is so handsome. Oh yeah. No, that was, like, part of it. I know, but, like, (laughs) so handsome. Just watching this movie, I found myself entranced. And also, my favorite line was when Justice was complaining about something, and he went, frankly, my dear, I don't give a fuck. And I thought that was so funny. Oh, yeah. And he he, he delivers it wonderfully. I, very handsome. Really, I just couldn't stop thinking about how young he was. Yeah. Because I was watching him, like, this is a very young guy. This is because he was, I think, 21, 22 when they did this. Yeah, he died in 1996. So, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he would have been, he would have been 50 last year. Sad. Yeah. Um, but it, it, 
here I just film. was watching it's like so young and I do think he like reads as young and I do think some of his performance I think reads as I mean he is he's playing a young character also but, like, though like I he's... do think it shows like it's, I would I would have liked to see he's already like very confident and comfortable performing like to doy I'd sound like a dummy but like no, this no, is no, someone no. who went to that performing arts school yeah um, for a bit he because i know he was on the east mm-hmm. coast and then he moved to the bay area and mm-hmm. he he didn't graduate but i know he got his ged and i know this because he's like a marin county legend because that's where mm-hmm. i did most of my growing up mm-hmm. and he went to tam high school for like mm-hmm. a year or two so with jada yeah like, like i know them like i know them personally yeah in mill he valley had, which yeah. is like 20 minutes from where i grew up in okay, the same county. I know this about you. Yeah. Well, my high school drama teacher uh, taught at Tam before she taught at my high school. And so one of the first yeah. things I learned about her was that she was Tupac's drama teacher. What? But I was like, what? I was like 14. I didn't know who Tupac was. And then I actually like listened to Tupac and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. That's no, some, that, that's good. A gifted, a gifted person. Truly. Um, but I, yeah, he's from my the, stomping grounds. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, not I, that I like, not that I really like know. Cause like. Oh no, you, I don't I think it's a to shocker Tam. to anyone that you and Tupac Shakur live different lives. W- one other thing I wanted to talk about too, that I thought was nice is because, you know, justice has her poetry Right. And Lucky has hip hop and his dream is that he wants to be a hip hop artist slash producer and that he and his cousin, his cousin lives in Oakland. His cousin's already been making music and mm-hmm. that he and his cousin are going to team up together and do more music, which I thought was nice. And this, the yeah. honestly, this broke my heart. They yeah. get to Oakland, right? Tupac mm-hmm. and Justice at this point have gotten closer. They've shared a really nice kiss. Um, yeah. a, a, a motif that pops up throughout the film is that she comments on his dirty fingernails. Yeah. At first to be mean to him. And then after he and Chicago get in a big fight and he's upset about it, she pulls out a nail file while he they're sitting and she starts doing his nails, which I thought was very, that, very intimate. That shit was so romantic. Yeah, it that was. That was so romantic. And then at the I end, just spoiler alert for the end, when he comes into her salon with his daughter to see her and she notices mm-hmm. that his fingernails are clean, I thought that was very sweet. Loved it. But, Loved it. But what broke my heart was that after they share this kiss, they get to Oakland and his cousin has been murdered. Yeah. And it is so sad. Yeah, and, and at one point he's like mad at her. He goes, "If I hadn't been, wa- if I wasn't wasting time with you, I would have gotten here on time, and I would have stopped this, which is not fair." No, but also it's it's an immediate reaction, and yeah. it's grief. And when you are yeah. first confronted with grief, you don't always say or do rational things. Yeah, is it okay for him to say no? Because it's really messed up to blame somebody's murder on someone else who really has nothing to do with it. And also there's no, there's no way that he could know that he could have stopped it. Pulls up to his aunt and uncle's house. There's police everywhere. He's freaking out. And then he sees Mm -hmm. his cousin who he's, they're basically brothers. They're super close. And then to add insult to injury, he picks a fight with justice. She goes to do what she was having to do in Oakland because they were doing a hair show. show, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's staying with his aunt and uncle and his, his other cousin, um, mm-hmm. their other child. And they have this really tender moment His because it's his mom's sister. He and his aunt have yeah. this really tender moment together. And then uh, he asks and he recognizes he's like, this may be, you know, not a cool thing to ask, but mm. what are you going to do with all of his recording equipment? And they say, oh, we're going to sell it. Yeah. And he says, well, could you give it to me instead? Because I'm going to use it in the way that he wanted it to be used. Yeah. Um, and it turns into an argument between them for a little bit because they want to sell it because they say, oh, well, we need the money. Mm-hmm. And again, it's this theme throughout the film of tragedy being underplayed because mm-hmm. of other systemic issues. Well, it's it's well, it's yeah, exactly. It's well, it, it's not. It's honestly, it's not having time or capacity to truly be able to, like, to, because a lot of times to be able to fall apart is kind of a privilege. Like, yeah, because I would it agree. means that you have 
the capacity and the time and the resources to have a to have a collapse because yeah, sometimes a, a tragedy happens but because of all these other forces you don't have time to freak out you don't have time you don't have the resources to uh, be able to sit with it and absolutely and especially if you're already it. in yeah. a situation where you're for example economically disadvantaged and you yeah. live either below or at the poverty line you really can't afford to miss work if you live paycheck to paycheck even if you're grieving and that's number one incredibly messed up and i think something you and i both agree could stand to change but that's yeah. also the point here is that they know that mm -hmm. their son had passion for music and that he invested time effort and money into his equipment to be able to produce his music at the quality he wanted and the first thing they think of doing the next day after he dies is that they are forced to think about money because they don't have a choice yeah but i mean they ultimately are like of course like while there's that slight moment of like we're gonna sell it we it, it's a lot of money they once he's like, I want to do this, I, I, I want to pay tribute, I want to continue what he wanted to do, they obviously give it to him, and he he's able to continue that. And like, um, and I thought also, this is one of the few times, one of the few times in the film where Lucky actually expresses emotion that's not anger. Yeah. It's it. He expresses. It's like this moment, and then before when he is, he and Justice are by the ocean, and they're having that like really nice talk where she files his nails. Um, uh, I thought he he expresses like joy, like he's clearly kind of like a joyful, fun guy. Like when they're in like the when we first see him, like with his friends in the mailroom. Yeah, they're his nickname really is Lucky. Possible. He's a fun dude, fun fun loving guy. But yeah, no, this is, it's, it's, we see him get to actually, like, sit in and express, like, towards the end of the movie, he's able to, um, but it's what you said, he's not angry, or he's, he's feeling, he's allowing himself to feel something other than anger. Well, I think um, because also, I think most, if not all of the male characters in this film who are main characters, right? Ones that we see quite a bit or ones that are key characters, right? Mm -hmm. Anger is such a prominent emotion for them, mm -hmm. right? I don't even remember his name, but there's a man who works at the salon with Justice and Jesse. <gasps> yeah, I don't he, remember his name either. We see mostly anger from him. At the beginning, after uh, Lucky is rejected by Justice and he's going to pick up his daughter, we see mostly anger from him and the other father who's with him. Tone Loke. Sorry. Yes, thank you. I forget you. what his character's name is, but when Tone Loke showed up, I was very excited. Sorry. But yeah, anger from them. Chicago, if he's not, if he's not like canoodling around with Isha, he's angry. <laughs> Yeah. So it's he, it's a very like, important way to for Lucky to stand out because yeah, he feels anger, but he also cries. He feels yeah. grief, he feels sadness, he feels joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also because it, it's I think it says something more about like cuz like here's like we are two white women, we can't we cannot and frankly should not speak to like the experience of what it is to be a black person, no. let alone being a black man. Can't speak to it. But I do think we should we can talk about like the way that men and men in general, I think particularly in this country, but uh, yeah, anger is seems like the only acceptable way to express an emotion. It's the only emotion that um is granted any like gravitas or um importance or. Uh, significance mm -hmm. because if you express anything else it's like a sign of weakness and that is so sad and and it, I'm, I'm sure an exhausting life to live oh i'm sure and i i would just want to clarify because i think you do bring up a good point just as a viewer of this film right mm -hmm. as an outside person viewing this film you can see 
regard I mean, I'm going to say regardless of race, the box that men are put into that I think you've aptly described, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. when you add race to it, there's a whole other level. And you're mm-hmm. right. You and I will never know what that's like yeah. because you're white and I'm Jewish. I'm never going to yeah. know what it's like to be a black person, hands down. No. And I think we both benefit from white privilege, so we extra will never know what it's like yeah. to live that experience. Well, I mean, we can definitely... Um, learned, acknowledged, like, abusive, but, but like, it, there's no, we're not going to know. No. And we shouldn't pretend that we're going to fully know. That doesn't mean we shouldn't, like, listen, learn. Oh, no, I agree empathy. with you. And I, I we should, but, like, we're, anyway, we're not here to be like, we get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah, we solved it racism. We did it. It was us. Who knew? We did it. No, yeah. We watched one movie <laughs> and we solved it. <laughs> and we figured it out. We <laughs> Thanks, Burke watched... Obama. <laughs> what the fuck? I was trying to do the Nick Kroll. <laughs> Barack Obama said no? Barack Obama said no. Orpah oh Winfrey my... said no? Oh my uh, more than no. <laughs> I love that we went from making a very good Serious frankly point to just being uh, honestly, I think a valid point. To just about the dumbest shit. Yeah. The, well, let's anyway. circle back though, because like, yeah, we're we're never but gonna like, know what I, it's I, like I, to live that experience. No. But it's important to acknowledge it as well. And yeah. also, maybe we weren't the intended audience for this film, but it's an excellent film, and I enjoyed watching it, and I think it has tremendous value. And as a viewer of the film, mm-hmm. those are some themes that I identified. You don't need to, yeah, you don't need to necessarily identify with every single piece of something in order to Oh, not that Enjoy I identify it, not that I identified it. with. Let me clarify. Not no. things that I identified with, things that I identified, period. Oh, I, I see. But I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I guess my point with the frame is like you don't necessarily need to like identify with everything or even a lot of things to enjoy a story, to have empathy for people, to understand where something is coming from, to relate to the human story of it, to be entertained. Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah, it's this is honestly a well made Charming. I I really can't get over that John Singleton was like 26 when he was making this shit. Like, sorry, I just can't. he also died two years ago, and it's very sad. He was only 51. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's oh, sad. Wow, this is that's so fucking sad. Yeah. You know what I was doing when I was 26? Nothing. <laughs> what was I doing at 26? <sighs> I don't know, being sad? Yeah, I was feeling sorry for myself because life didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Me. Like, you're, I get, but here's the thing you're allowed to feel emotions. Um, but I think, here's the thing I just think it's interesting that he went from, um, boy, like, Boys in the Hood to this, which is a different movie, but it is, I think, both of those movies show i think a strength he has or had as a director which is like showing these little moments like there's so many like cute little character moments in this movie like lots of like i i think i just liked that this movie took its time i love when um i i genuinely like when a movie is not afraid like no we're just gonna sit with these people for a while yeah we're just gonna get to know these people and um i really liked that and um me too like beautiful shots of like them driving. Oh, there's a line where um Trina Jackson says, uh she's like looking out at the ocean and says, You'll never be as important as the ocean. And I was like, at me to myself <laughs> all the time. Um Yeah. Melanie, was this movie romantic? Um I think so. The reason I hesitate, and also if anyone can hear my cat purring, I apologize. He's having a tantrum and I have to hold him or else he's going to cry more. Um, The only reason I hesitate Mm -hmm. is because the romance isn't really the focus of the growth between Justice and Lucky. It's more of their empathizing towards one another and the friendship that they kind of build off of but i would say it tips into the scales of romance for me see i think because they like kind of barely are friends like they go pretty quickly from being like annoyed so annoyed with each other to like oh um let's like kiss on the beach you know 
I guess. Um, I think that's uh, that's fair. So I, I guess, and, and like, I was kind of rooting for them. Oh, um, me too. Me too. Because I, I think also because like, be, I, a part of it is because it's not just like, oh, we want them to get together because they're the two people in the movie. It's like at one point I wrote down, can something nice happen to these young people? That <laughs> like, is valid. You want something nice to happen for these characters. Like, you want it to happen for Lucky as much as you want it to happen for Justice. Yeah. You want Justice to find some sense of, like, home and love and safety and happiness as much as you want Lucky to find some kind of safety and acceptance as well. Um, So that's nice. Um, Also, everyone looks good in this movie. I know we already, like, said that, but, like, everyone looks great. Janet Jackson's hat. She looked great. Her braids were beautiful. I mean, just everyone looks good. Anyway, uh, but uh, also so nineties. Everyone also looks like the most nineties. Oh, like, her mom no, jeans, so nineties. No doubt that this is nineteen ninety three. But yeah, um, uh, was this sexy? Um, I'm gonna say I no. No, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like ooh, this is sexy. But I was like, okay, listeners, like. Melanie's cat is like stretching out on her, but like pushing his butt into her. Also, God, he's he's just sort of flopping around. I've seen this before when Melanie and I like basically live together, where this cat needs to be held like a baby, otherwise he will have a like panic attack. It's not even a panic attack. He just he just wants to be somewhere he cannot go. Because where he wants to be is on my desk, where my microphone and computer are. Guess where he's not allowed to go? On the desk where the microphone and the computer are? Correct. So I'm holding him like a baby to immobilize him. Got it. Got it. Got it. And hopefully he'll have enough of this skin-to-skin contact. (laughs) Did you see his foot? He stuck one foot out like a little ballet dancer. (laughs) In protest. Just one paw up. It's like, oh, fine, I'll... Like, you can't hold every part of me, woman. <laughs> this tantrum is getting Honestly, out of control. He's, he's not looking at you. He's looking away from you. His little paws are folded one over the other. And then his back paw is just straight up in the air. Uh... I don't want to do a fuck Mary kill with this one. I don't really there think aren't there enough is people. one. There are not enough people, and also too many people in this movie are killed. So no, thank you. Um, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Like it was romantic. It wasn't sexy. I think we can leave it at that. Yeah. Would you recommend this movie? I think I would. I think it's a good one. I'd like I. I think it's a. I also. I think it'd be a good like. Um, honestly, it'd be kind of great for like a '90s movie night, like early '90s. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's also like just such a snapshot of like a specific time, like in pop, American pop culture too. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. Um, yeah, I just I I yeah. We know you know another movie that John Singleton directed. What? Too Fast, Too Furious. Really? Yeah. That's it's cool. It's great. I like this movie. I do too. Um, I would recommend I, it. I definitely think it was like, there were parts that were a little hard to watch because there's definitely a lot of like young people fighting, um, which is always a little stressful to me. Yeah. And it's it's not uh, just, it's not like your typical rom-com fighting. It's fight fighting. Oh, it's like vicious. It's people like, they're saying stuff they know will hurt. Um, yeah, so if you if you're triggered by that type of stuff, or if you don't enjoy watching people fight, or mm-hmm. if you are uncomfortable watching people fight, maybe this movie might not be for you. But it is an excellent film. I liked it. I thought it was good. I it's one of those where I was. I it's there are, but it's just like a well made, like well. I I just liked it. it it's it's a good like kind of road trip journey with with these characters i i i liked that it didn't follow like a 
standard, I guess, plot. Not, I mean, it has a plot. It moves, but it, it's less like this happens and then this happens and then this happened because of this happened. It's not and cookie it's cutter. More, no, it, it 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 allows you if you like like I'm hesitant to say this and I, I worry it sounds very pretentious or whatever. But like if you like like a character piece, it, I, that's kind of what this is. Like this is something where you're allowed to just like sit with these people, and I like that. I agree with that assessment. Um, I definitely um, recommend. It's on. I'm, we recommend. It's that. on Amazon Prime and it's included with Prime. I think not Spawn. Fuck on, Jeff Bezos, but fuck, you could watch fuck. it there, and you could also. I think Hulu also has it. Does it? Okay, yeah. Hulu has it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hulu also not Spawn. Um, not spawn. But we are not spawned at all. <laughs> by yeah. a, we're sponsored by ourselves and sheer force of will. Yeah. <laughs> and our and our gay sons our gay sons who we love very much basically this is a movie it's a movie full of good looking charismatic people who are sometimes getting into fights but also it's that's what movies are also yeah yeah i thought it was well made it was well acted a plus plus for me definitely worth mm-hmm. a watch um and if you want to talk more about stuff if there's information that you wanted us to include that maybe we didn't, because as Ali and I have said before, we do love to be schooled. So we welcome we welcome new information. We're always trying to learn and be better. Let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HellNoCast. We are getting much better and more consistent about posting to make sure that you know what movies we're watching and when, so that if you want to watch along with us, you can. Check out our website, hellnocast.com. And we post new episodes every Friday slash Saturday. And you can find us wherever your major podcasts are found on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And if you like what you heard and you want to help us out, spread the word about the pod, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I believe you can also leave a star review or a text review even on Spotify as well. Any little bit helps, and we definitely appreciate your time. Yeah, well, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I want to thank Tiffer Hill for editing our podcast, putting up with all our shenanigans, and making us sound amazing. We would also like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for writing our theme song. Thanks, Bella and Lucille. <laughs>